Okay, great. Welcome, everybody. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Chloe Balatori. I am a relationship and communication expert. I'm a graduate of Princeton University and Pat Allen's Want Institute. Um, I've been doing this work for a little over a decade now. Um, this work changed my life uh, over 10 years ago. Um, when I was about 10 years married, now I'm over 20 years married. Um, but yeah, this work changed my life. And when I saw the good that it could do, and when I saw how innovative and powerful it was, um, and I saw that I was good at it, I became really, really interested. That's what led me to study it was really the results that I saw in my own life and the lives of other people. And I had been introduced to this work by my neighbor, um, basically because I saw an incredible transformation in her over a few years where she went from being literally, you know, a single mom who was really struggling um, to pay the rent and, you know, just basically get by to making over a million dollars a year, meeting the man of her dreams. I mean, it was really an incredible transformation. And so when I saw that, I was like, I want me some of that work. Um, I use the tools of transactional analysis as created by Eric Byrne. I use the tools of androgynous semantic realignment as created by Pat Allen, who was my mentor. And I also use tools that I've created because, again, I've been at this for a while now. I see men, women, couples, teenagers. Um, I also teach this work a few times a year um, in very small groups where we really work on the theory and then we apply it. Um, and so it's very unique in that sense. Look, a lot of this theory is established psychological and scientific principles. I had someone coming at me today on TikTok saying, what do you mean there's brain differences between men and women? That's established fact. That's not something that I have come up with. But the tools to execute on this, these theories and this knowledge are relatively new and innovative. Um, and so that's what I teach. Okay. Mm. So again, I teach this a few times a year. Actually, we've got our first module starting on, which is the introduction to this work, starting Saturday. So if you guys want to sign up for that, I do have a couple spots left. That's the module packages. Um, and it's a really in economical but efficient uh, way to learn this work. Um, and to really start to internalize it. Because I'm going to say a bunch of things tonight and that will, you know, help. And then if you work with me, then because I'll give my introduction and then I'll take your guys' questions. If you work with me and you do what I prescribe, then you will experience this work to a deeper level. And then I always love people to come back and share their experiences because that deepens it even further. Um, and like I said, I only teach this work a few times a year. So if you miss out on this one, probably won't be teaching um, in these module classes, at least until probably the fall or towards the end of the year. Okay. Um, what is this work? What are we talking about? When we talk about relationships, what we're usually talking about is balance. And the most successful relationships are balanced between feminine energy and masculine energy. This is also known as yin energy and yang energy. Okay. This is Chinese philosophy, thousands of years old. I didn't invent yin and yang. Um, oftentimes when we have problems in our relationships, it means that the communication is out of balance. And this can be a result of us being out of balance within ourselves, right? Because problems in our relationships are almost always reflections of our own childhood scripting. And by childhood scripting, I mean the set of survival conclusions you make between the ages of zero to 12 
to get along with the people who own the refrigerator, okay? These are adaptive strategies that you need to learn so you can survive as a as an as a young human. Um and you know, sometimes people bump on that. They're like, our parents loved us, and you know, we didn't have, you know. Look, you may have had trauma at the hands of ill-meaning parents, you may have had trauma at the hands of well-meaning parents. For most people, entering into a family as a baby is somewhat traumatic experience simply because you're coming into a new land as a stranger it's kind of like being an immigrant right um and you just you have to figure out how to survive and how to get along now the problem is that these survival conclusions that we make between the ages of zero to 12 whatever they were we assume our existential truths and we take them out into the world and we try to use them in our adult relationships. And that's when we often end up sabotaging ourselves from getting what we want. Um, we are doomed to repeat that which we don't understand. And that's the repetition compulsion, which is discussed by Freud. It's another great psychologist. I'll put her in the chat named Alice Miller who I really love, um, who talks a lot about the repetition compulsion. And basically it means that because these patterns are, are familiar, we are driven to repeat them until we bring a ton of awareness to them. And then we do have the power to change them. Now, the fact that the brain is plastic, the fact that we can change habits of the brain and mind, that is relatively new that has come about during my lifetime when freud was was doing his work he was like no the brain is cooked it's it, that's it you're cooked by the age of three definitely by the age of 12 and then you really can't change your personality you just have to kind of deal with it um so thank god we know now that that is not the case um that the brain is plastic, we can change our brains. It just takes repetition and awareness. And that's where I come in. The tools that I teach are meant to interrupt some of these patterns that are not serving us, patterns that have thrown us out of balance. Usually when we're talking about just the basic scripts that cause men and women to become egodystonic, which is kind of a fancy way of saying thrown out of balance. We're talking usually about the Peter Pan script, which is the one that, um, you know, like Peter Pan inhibits maturity. That can be sometimes because uh, a boy is spoiled. It can be sometimes because a boy is neglected. But for whatever it is, it's a boy who has reached physical manhood, but hasn't actually become a man, okay? is too immature to take responsibility. And then we have on the other side of it is the Wendy archetype, which is the girl who was forced at a very young age to take responsibility for things beyond her years, causing her to become precociously related. And if you guys don't understand everything, that's fine. When you ask your questions, I'll start applying some of the theory so that it will sink in a little bit more. But basically, the Wendy stereo uh, archetype is the overgiver. She is the one who is taking care of everything. She's the one who not is not stuck in childhood, but was deprived of childhood and was forced to grow up at a young age. Okay, and so these basic scripts throw us out of balance and limit our consciousness because consciousness is as defined by Carl Jung the balance between feminine and masculine energy okay so what is feminine and what is masculine give you guys a brief rundown here um Feminine energy. Now, this is everything in the right hemisphere of the brain. So this is passive, patient, vulnerable. This is receiving energy. This is the world of spirituality, sensuality, the world of feeling, sexuality. This is receiving energy. Um, yin energy is in the world to make it fun, but it's not of the world. They're like flowers. Okay. Okay. 
yang energy. That is masculine. That's the left lobe. That's linear thinking. Okay, that's logical. It's the world of thoughts and ideas. Most of us are in our masculine when we're at work. Um, it's competitive, conquering, controlling. It's giving and taking care of. These are the masculine attribute, attributes. Mm. Okay. And again, these this is, you know, the fact that we have a right lobe and a left lobe of the brain. This is established scholarship. Um, I believe in the 1980s was established by Roger Sperry, who um, won the Nobel Prize for his works, for his work um, dissecting the brains of newts. And that's where he pro proved that all of us have this more feminine side of the brain and more masculine side of the brain. So we are all both feminine and masculine. When women get older, they become more masculine. When men get older, they become a little more feminine. This is due to hormone changes, okay? So when you think of the yin-yang symbol, it's meant to look like a dynamic symbol because it has that swoosh in it, that wave. And that is very much a metaphor for masculine and feminine energy. It can go up, it can go down, right? But we're always kind of seeking this balance within ourselves and within our relationships. Why? So that we don't have power struggles. And these tools are really crucial in awkward situations and in conflicts, okay? That's when you really want to bring these tools out. So like first dates, for example. Um, and the reason that... They, these tools work so well is because when you have an awkward situation or you have a, a, a conflict, one person picks the feminine energy and one person picks the masculine energy. So one person primarily gets their feelings cherished, which is feminine, and one person primarily gets their thoughts respected, which is masculine. A lot of times people are like, I want both. Yes, yes, I know. We all want both. And when I started this work with my husband, we were just like that. We wanted both because we're both alphas, which means we both of us have a strong feminine side and a strong masculine side. Okay. If you have one side that's a lot stronger than the other, then you're probably not in this room because you don't have to worry about the balance as much, right? If you're mostly feminine or if you're mostly masculine, you don't have to worry about arguments between your heart and your head. But if you're in this room and you're an alpha and you that and you have a strong feminine side and a strong masculine side, these tools really are helpful and will help you. Um, so the problem is in terms of going with your both your thoughts and feelings at the same time, is that if you do that in a conflict, the other person has nowhere to go. And so that's why we use this rubric really to avoid the power struggle for the masculine energy, which is the struggle of, for control, or for the feminine energy, which is the struggle for sympathy or tears, okay? Both of those ways of communicating are sort of one-sided. What I teach is this complementary communication, which is called negotiating with love, okay? And so, you know, it's not the kind of thing you learn in school, but these tools are incredibly effective um, at bringing your relationship into balance, at bringing yourself into balance. They are meant to provoke a catharsis um, so that you can bring awareness to your own repetition compulsions and change them. So this work is ultimately really about your relationship with self, but we do a lot of healing and we do a lot of work on our relationship with self through our most intimate relationships with romantic partners. And this work applies to homosexual relationships, as well as heterosexual relationships. Because again, it's just about energy. You can be a very masculine woman with a feminine man, and that works, okay? Because the important point is that you have this complementary energy. And that's, I'll put it in the chat. It's complementary with an E. Okay. Oops, that went to no. 
Why? Why? Okay. So now I'm going to take it um, out to you guys. This is my favorite part, opening it up and hearing from you, your questions about your love life, about dating. Uh, it can be about family relationships because, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of my work deals with childhood trauma. Um, I've written three books about this work, so I work with a lot of people on their relationships, um, but I also work with a lot of singletons. Um, I help people with work problems, with communication problems. Okay. I'm getting, so you can raise your hand or you can put something in the text, um, in the chat. I'm getting a message here from Nell. Okay. Last week I signed up to seek partners in a Hindu temple online, but they denied my profile today. Hmm. Let me tell you, I'm also looking for marriage too. On 612, I approached my female classmates. That was a great day. Today I got one. Th oh, that was my birthday. Today I got one gal's number, but the other gal refused it. Okay. I mean, no, I think that's pretty good. You are definitely making progress. Um I can barely hear you. Nil, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, good. Great. Um, so excellent work. You got a number. Oh, thanks. You know, I mean, look, rejection, I like I said before, thanks. rejection is always uh -huh. part of the game. So I'm reading here that one girl gave you a number and one didn't. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Don't worry about the girl that didn't give you the number. Just um, go ahead with the girl who did. I don't know why your profile was denied. Did they tell you why? Um, because, you know, I'm not working. I'm just a student, you know. Oh, they want only people who are working. I think so. Okay. Okay, so when you get a job, go back and try to get back in there. Okay. Does that sound good? Yep. Okay. Okay, so you got this girl's number. Um, uh huh. I assume you're going to reach out to her at some point, or have you already? Um, not yet. Not yet. Okay. When did you get the number? On 612? Um, Today, I oh, got today her. you got the number. Okay. Okay. So you could, so you're thinking, I'm sure, I'm sure you're going to reach out in the next day or two. So, um, you know, you might, if you want, you can reach out with a text, but I do. Most women appreciate a phone call. Okay. So you yeah. might want to just start with a phone call or if you text, say when, you know, say, I want to talk to you at seven o'clock tonight. How do you feel about that? Okay. Um, I'll try, I'll try that. Okay. Try that. Okay. And then, you know, talk to the, talk to this woman on the phone and then, you know, try to ask her out, but don't let them stop you from getting a couple other numbers as well, because, you know, this is just your start. And ideally I want you dating like three people at once. So you're not overcommitted before you get into a relationship. Do you understand? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, good. Let me know how it goes. I'm really happy you did that. Cause I know you've had, a lot of um, trepidation about approaching women and you haven't been wanting to do it. So this is a really big step for you. Excellent. Do you have any other questions? Nope. Okay. Thank you for sharing. And you guys can ask questions about anybody else's work as well. You can ask questions about anything I've said, even just generally. Um, Okay. No questions? Everybody's good? Nobody has any questions about dating or family relationships, work conflicts. 
a lot of times I look at um, examples of this work. I love to use this work to break down relationships on reality TV. And sometimes I'll put those up on my Instagram or my TikTok. Um, that's always a lot of fun. And you can do that with eavesdropping on conversations. I mean, th this work really gives you a new insight into communication. Helen. Helen. Hi. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. Um, sorry about that. I, I had a couple questions. Um, I have been working with a therapist who is focusing mostly on attachment theory. Mm -hmm. And we've established that I'm anxious attached. Mm -hmm. um, and that my previous partners have been avoidant. That's the, that's the pattern. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I don't feel I'm ready to start dating yet, but she wants me to start just so that she can kind of guide me and coach me. And I decided to, to just put myself on a, you know, do a profile and I was shocked at the response. And so my question for you is, um, as I'm reading these profiles of the men who have um, smiled at me, um, they're either super young, much younger than me, which I don't understand, or they're much older. Um, not really seeing a lot around my age, which is 48. Mm -hmm. And um, as I'm reading, well, I can tell that they're not really reading my profile or even my, my stats, like my right. height, right. my height, my age. Um, and in they're general, just looking I'm, at the picture, they're just looking at the picture yeah. and I'm assuming that's normal for yeah. men. <laughs> Very normal. Cause men can tell like right away when they see you, the picture's not you know, a hundred percent, but in person, they can tell usually within like the first 30 seconds if they're attracted or not. Okay. Cause I, I'm concerned about the age thing because well, um, you can the put men... limits on it. Okay. Um, I guess my question is like, from just from reading the profiles, I'm just seeing an overwhelming amount of like immature type personalities and I um I'm just wondering if it's if it's a mistake to date younger or should I be going for much older um my previous partners were my age but just the way you describe the Peter Pan mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm the Wendy and they're the Peter Pan. yeah <laughs> so should I be looking for someone older um, or does it not really matter? Is age just a number? Um, you know, there are nuances that come with age, of course. But, you know, there are people who are very mature in their 20s and there are people who are extremely immature in their 60s, you know? Right. So I don't like to use age too much as a barrier. The problem with age comes when one party is predatory. Um, that can be, you know, a problem if you have a big age difference, either a very young woman or a very young man um, with an older person. Sometimes that can cause a problem if one of the parties is predatory. Um, and of course, what you're talking about, there is a maturity thing there too um you know online it's just it's kind of like the wild west you know <laughs> you, you start to get a hang of it and what to put down and which apps to use and what to look for you know but ultimately you're dealing with an algorithm which is probably less effective than a real life matchmaker you know so I, if you're doing online i really want you to be doing the in-person flirting and i hear you that you're nervous I'm thinking that your therapist wants you to start dating because, you know, it's very hard to heal and to change 
without being in a new relationship. So, you know, the, I, this came up on a, on a video, on a, I just saw your comment, Wendy, on one of my YouTubes, which was really interesting because Wendy pointed out that a lot of times we're told, you know, go work on yourself, go isolate yourself, make yourself a better person, then come out here and date. And, you know, of course, working on yourself, ideally, the ability to be open and to evolve spiritually is one of the most important qualities you can have as a person. Um, but it's very difficult to do, to work on yourself in relationships without being in a relationship. And you can't really heal until you change the nature of your intimate relationships, meaning you can't really heal until you go into a relationship and have a different experience than the one that traumatized you. So that's why we don't recommend people sitting on the bench too long. Um, yeah. And I was really traumatized from how my last relationship ended. So right. I do I don't think I'm ever going to fully get over that until I have a more positive experience. Yes. And I'm so excited for you to use some of this work with your new dating, because I think using this rubric is really going to be a game changer for you because it will allow you to weed out the people who don't say what they mean and mean what they say. Right. I think we talked about looking for men whose deeds and words line up. Right. Yes. And I, that's something where you, you were spot on when you said, hold off on like, um, getting too physical, um, too yes. quickly because I, my judgment gets clouded and I figure out the lack of integrity after that point. <laughs> right. Right. And, and so, okay. So for those of you guys who missed that, um, I do recommend, look, you can do whatever you want. You can have intercourse whenever you want. This is a free country. <laughs> but the problem happens when um, sometimes for women, oftentimes for women, it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens most of the time. When we have intercourse that's oral, anal, or vaginal, we get bonded. And it's because certain chemical changes occur in the brain. Oxytocin is released and you can get bonded to somebody that even you know isn't good for you. But the excitement of the sex stops you from getting to know the other person. And then you're just doing that. And so it's it's important if you don't want to complain about the up to two years of oxytocin detox that you might be faced with. Um, it's important to understand before you have intercourse, what each other's intentions are, you know, if men, if you want to go ahead and try it, go ahead and try it, but don't lead a woman on and tell her you want to be in a relationship when you know, that's not the case. And you just are having fun for that night. Um, so when, before you have intercourse, Helen, you want to try to get that ex exclusivity, it's the ECL. It's the commitment, the exclusivity. And that means social and sexual monogamy. Because sometimes what we're finding is, and you're probably running into some of these guys online right now. Sometimes what we're finding is that guys or, or gals, whatever, get into relationships, but they're still in the apps. So they're still kind mm -hmm. of shopping around on the side, yet they're in the relationship. So you have to make sure that you get the social and sexual monogamy. You get the continuity. So you, you know, you'll be seeing each other regularly. That's the C. And then the L is the longevity. So that means you're aiming toward whatever you want. It's either marriage or long-term commitment or whatever it is that you want. I tend to have the, the, the men who immediately want commitment and propose right away, but they're, they're not displaying their true selves for quite a while. So it takes time to figure them out. And it's almost like a wolf in sheep's clothing type situation. But mm -hmm. I, I guess they are avoidant and they don't like to communicate and resolve conflict. And I, I guess, how do I, 
spot an avoidant type faster is, I mean, it's hard if they're kind of conning you, you know, in the beginning. Yeah, it is. Um, but, you know, that's going to be part, partly that's going to be increasing the awareness around your own feelings and your gut instinct. Cause women are really, really instinctive. Like we will feel something before we know it, you know? Yes. And so bringing a lot more awareness to your feelings and then cherishing your feelings, which means act taking an action or an inaction based on those feelings is really going to help you in those situations. So if you feel uncomfortable, what I'm thinking is in the past, you just let it slide. Yeah. <laughs> I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Right. So we're not going to do that though. If you feel uncomfortable, you're going to take an action, whatever it is, whatever discomfort you're feeling. Um, You know, I've mentioned this before, is that that women who have escaped some of these like, you know, rapists or serial killers or whatever, always say that there was a moment when they were on a date with Ted Bundy or whoever it was, where suddenly they got that pit in their stomach or their skin crawled or they got goosebumps and they got out of there as fast as possible. And those are the women that survived, right? So we have a lot of times the information is there. We're just discounting it. So if you do feel uncomfortable and something isn't lining up, right? Words and deeds need need to line up. You also should look at how willing they are to make and keep commitments with you. This is another crucial factor, okay? These are the flags that you can see. If you keep scheduling dates with this guy and he doesn't show up or he's late or he's got an excuse or whatever it is, that's a very bad sign. That's a red flag, okay? So just that alone. Um, So I think knowing some of these tools heating your gut instinct, going a little slower with the sexual contact um, will start to change things around. Yeah. And I'm, I really think I I was not anxious attached to begin with, but these bad relationships have have kind of shifted me to anxious. So I'm I'm hoping to, to go more towards secure attached and yeah. I, I am intrigued by this negotiating with love that you're talking about. I, I, when, whenever you can expand on that later, I, I would love to hear about okay. that. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the way we communicate with the people we love is that we negotiate. And a lot of us haven't um, learned any kind of rubric for problem solving. So when problems come up, we either bury them like we were just talking about, right? We just ignore them. (laughs) Right, right. But then they come up later and then they tend to explode because a lot of resentment has come up. And then what happens many times then, once the problem does come up, then it's all the history and the scripting that comes up. And so you find yourself in a fight with your partner over who's doing the dishes, but it's become like this catastrophic thing. And a lot of times, couples will come to me they're like I don't know how it got out of control I know how it got out of control because it was your ancestors fighting it was the ghosts it was your scripts fighting and once the scripts take off you're that's it you know then you have to you're not going to get things resolved in that moment you have to take a time out you have to walk away or whatever it is because now things have kind of spiraled and you're talking about something completely different Um, than the actual issue at hand. So this is one of the things, negotiating with love, one of the ways of communicating um, we're going to be talking about in the module. So if you you do want to learn more about that, you should sign up. Here, I'll put that in here again. Okay. I I definitely need that because you just described how all conflict goes with me. (laughs) Right, right. same (laughs) and even though I you know no one does it perfect even though I know these tools sometimes I slip up too luckily my husband knows them as well so okay thank you for sharing and I look forward to your updates thank Um, you you are so welcome yeah a lot of people who are in therapy will we had somebody recently say Oh, my therapist sent me here because they know that this work is is unique and there's not a lot of people who know it. Okay. Chris, how can I help you? Hello, Chloe. Hi, Chris. 
Hello. Welcome. Thank you. I'm just starting meetups. Um, so um, relationships and dating came up. I'm a 55-year-old male. I have been married and am married. Um, 27 You're married years. now? I am. Okay. Yep. I'm 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 not looking for a relationship uh with with uh with a other um I am married but right now my um I, my and my question isn't about my marriage though that would be one too <laughs> um my question is um relating to having been married for so long um my children we have three children and they all are out well all, almost out of all out of the house uh 27 25 and so oh I, yeah they're not children anymore <laughs> yeah exactly. wait how many years have you been married 27 is that what you said yeah oh, uh good. yeah 27 28 this year congratulations well, thank you. It's um it's been it's been so I'm I'm pretty much like a Peter Pan, uh 55-year-old Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. Um and I just really in the last maybe 4 years kind of woke up to to the fact that I avoided growing up for years and my wife kind of worked hand in hand uh to be my mo my mommy your wendy yeah my wendy right mm -hmm. um and she knows it and i know so i think we both know um we're, we're pretty intelligent people and we're pretty kind of psychologically intelligent um into our own patterns and we've both been in you know counseling and and talked about a lot of this um but for me, just for today, my question is that I, I being married and with children, you don't, as a guy, at least I did not spend a whole lot of time outside with other, um, with other friends. I didn't seek friends. You kind of never seek friends with, with women because that's kind of like taboo. Right. right. And right. And then for, for other men, it was more like family you know, connections from the kids or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, she, and my wife was very, you know, what's, she was wonderful. We, we are, I love going with out with her all the time. And she's always the one I first think about, let's, let's go out together. And I never really made myself go out and meet other, other men, other guy friends. Mm -hmm. Um, I was kind of naive in high school, naive through college um and so i not really good at relationships at all i was a i i was a loner i um so i hear you know so that's why i'm seeking help and my question is for advice now as i am seeking to expand my friend group mm -hmm. um how do i um learn about people how do I take steps that are as efficient as possible to expand a friend group and make make the most of of having friends? How do I look at having friends so that I'm not a a user or you know like it's not all about me? I want to have a healthy two way relationship. So what you were saying about um, yin and yang like does that is that something for male male like it, it sounds um, yeah i mean look I, I, these dynamics work they they operate throughout life right all all over so it's it there are obviously the dynamics of yin and yang with men as well and often you'll see friendships i don't know if anybody's a vanderpump rules fan here but um you know there's a male friendship on that two straight guys one is obviously the masculine and the other one is obviously the feminine right one is obviously more dominating than the other one 
Um, so, you know, there's all kinds of friendships. When you're talking about male friendships, oftentimes it's one of mutual respect. So if it's two masculine energies, it's two people who want to get their thoughts respected. And if you want to amp up your, are you wanting to amp up your masculine energy? I mean, which do you want more? Do you want your thoughts respected or your feelings cherished? Because you described a situation right now in which it sounds like you're the feelings cherished person. Is that accurate? In your marriage? Uh... Uh, in the marriage or in yeah. with uh, in your marriage uh, uh, i am totally out of touch with my feelings i'm completely in my head most of the time and i'm just starting to start to feel what it feels like to be emotion feel my emotion and accept it as part of who i am okay so that's the beginning of this this journey for me like within the that last year right basically. that's interesting yeah so that's going to be as you become more aware of your feelings, you're going to have more information then about what you're looking for in relationships, whether, you know, whether they be friendships or romantic relationships. And oftentimes, like I said, friendships can operate like romantic relationships, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's two people who want their feelings shared. Some for a friendship that can work as long as you alternate, or if it's two people who want their thoughts respected, that can also work if you agree on most things or you can agree to disagree. Um, so mm. if you're wanting to meet more men, you know, you're already taking one good step, which is going to these meetups, right? Yeah. And finding people who maybe have your same interests. Yeah. And when we talk about going to meet somebody or initiating that, that's the masculine energy. Okay. That's the active, the person who speaks first, that's the masculine. So, you know, when you go yeah. to these events, um, you know, ideally it in person obviously works better than online for meeting friends. Um, you know, scope it out, you know, and see, you know, if you guys, if it's something that, you know, everybody there is interested in, you know, we had somebody here a few weeks ago who was very into anime, you know, and was going to anime events and, co and comic book stores and the like, you know, so you may find um, just being at the event itself that there are natural topics that come up for discussion, you know. And so then, you know, you could you could bring something up and then that gets the conversation going. So so doing what you're doing, that's a good start. Looking at meetups that you might have, you know, some shared interests with people. And then the other thing is, you know, going out and doing stuff. I mean, you guys could make friends with other couples, but it sounds like what you're looking to do is make like a friend of your own. So, you know, that yeah. means going out on your own a little bit, you know, trying out some things, going places where you, where you think, you know, where, again, where you, it doesn't have to be a meetup, but you know, you could go to a museum if you like that stuff or go to a book reading, you know, you can. Um, go to an alumni organization event, you know, whatever it is. And then, you know, if you see someone interesting or you're interested in, or there's a speaker or whatever it is, you know, you could strike up a conversation. Yeah. What does yeah. that, does that yeah. sound doable? Uh-huh. Uh yeah, no, it does. Okay. It's, it, it's great. I, I love the ideas and like, I had just, my brain is doesn't think of those ideas <laughs> so i i appreciate it and and you're um like i know that when you spend time and you're thinking about something a lot and you then you go out and practice it you it's like a feedback loop it's like oh well that didn't work oh that that felt bad or that felt good and it's like i just haven't done that so it's it's like a muscle that's just atrophied yes and when you start you know it is that's such a i'm really glad you brought up that metaphor because when you start it's gonna hurt a little right <laughs> when you haven't worked yeah. out in a while and you go mm -hmm. run three miles you're in pain and so yeah. it's gonna take a minute look all change even change for the better is mm -hmm. painful that's actually the title of my second book is 
new ways of being, the pain of change. Because I don't think people anticipate that change for the better is going to be painful at first. Um, so, you know, this is going to be uncomfortable for you. It's also going to be enhancing your masculinity because you're going to have to think of something and act on it, which is respecting your own thoughts. And then when you're in the situation, you're going to have to take an action, right? If you're going to want to meet somebody, you're probably going to have to initiate a conversation. So that's going to be another thing, another masculine thing for you to do. So these things might be a little uncomfortable. I'm just not saying this to deter you by any means. I'm saying no, to encourage no, you and that. adjust your expectations because in case it is a little uncomfortable, I don't want you to back away from it because- this is the pain of change. We want the pain of change. The pain that change needs to take place is the pain that you've already been in, right? So we don't want to stay there. We want to go right. for the productive pain. And just thinking about it starts to create the change. Even if you go out and you meet nobody, but you make a couple efforts, that starts to make a change in you. This work is all about energy. And when you change your energy, that radiates to a lot of other parts of your life. So you may make an effort. You may go to a, a guy's night or a, a thing at a brewery and meet no one and feel like a total loser. But then a couple <laughs> of weeks later, somebody might reach out to you, you know, out of nowhere. These are the, kind of the magic that starts to happen when you start to take charge a little bit more. Yeah, I think sometimes I look at it like as all or nothing, like it has to be this great evening that I met this, my new best friend. Right. And then if it if it doesn't, it just means, you know, making friends sucks. And I'm, I'm just gonna go home and watch TV for <laughs> right, from now right, on. right, right, right. Okay. So I'm gonna give you a little homework. And then I want you to report back. Okay. <laughs> this is your it. homework. You one day a week, you're going to select an event or somewhere to go and you're going to go there for at least an hour. Okay. 45 minutes. If you're in a lot of pain, you can leave, <laughs> but um, go for an hour and see, you know, we had, he's not here tonight, but we have a regular in this meetup who, who was very bruised from a past relationship and was just going to meetups, not even to really get dates, but just to be around people, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you go alone, you have a much better chance of meeting somebody. So one day a week, pick a thing that you, that you like, whatever it is, if it's a class, if it's a book reading, maybe it's the same thing every week, you know, if it's a meetup, whatever it is, you know, a Sierra club hike, and then then you have that one thing that you that you're showing up consistently for, because what you want to do is keep showing up for yourself. That's also going to build your confidence. Just doing some of these things, you'll be surprised, will start to build your confidence, whether you get the result you're looking for or not. And then just in general, when you're out and about or, you know, just try to kind of keep your your ears and eyes open. You know, if you get invited to something, go. You know, we all got in the habit of not doing anything from COVID. And now, you know, it's like if you if something comes up, go. You know. And then you what, also increase your your circle a little bit. When when you find somebody that you're talking to and they're you feel like, you know, you connect with someone. Like there's this this invisible thing that says oh, they said something and and then I was interested. So I said something and, and it's like connect. Mm -hmm. And then how do you, how do you um, like, not, I guess not how do you, because I know how to, you know, talk to people and meet people a little bit, but then how do you know that you want to pursue somebody afterwards and do it in a way that's like not um weird yeah everybody's <laughs> concerned about being creepy um, yeah it's so weird like i don't even i walk down the street and when there's a, ki a kid alone on a street and i'm a male big white male and mm -hmm. i i 
I like don't even look at the kid because I'm afraid someone's watching me and they're going to like call me out for being weird. It's so it's such a weird environment in the world, right? To me. Yeah. And men are really confused about stuff. And this is a question we get a lot in this room is how can I approach usually, you know, women without being creepy? And, you know, look, if you don't hold eye contact for more than a couple seconds, it's fine. Then you're not creepy. If you if somebody says no or tries to back away from you, then just take that as a as a cue. But otherwise, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't just assume that you're creepy just by virtue of existing. Okay, if you have a conversation and things are going well and you guys are getting along, just say, hey, what's your Instagram, you know, or whatever. Or, yeah, hey, you know, you want to check you're into you're into Formula One racing. So am I. You want to go watch the da 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 da. Just do it. You're rusty because your wife does it all. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She runs all that interference for you and brings it to you. And that's what I mean. You get your feelings cherished because you don't have to push yourself out there. Right. You don't have to put yourself out there. This is a new thing for you. This is going to be really good for you. I'm really excited to see the changes that come from doing some of these things. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I I got I, I I love I love your enthusiasm and um, <laughs> it's well, it's great. We see a lot of progress in this room. We really do. So you know, so try it. You know, don't take my word for it. Try it and let me know how it goes. I will. I will. Okay. okay good. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Thanks, Chloe. Okay. What do we have here, Kiara? Okay. How can you lead with feminine energy when meeting people in social settings? Yes, exactly. Okay, so you're leading with feminine energy, but you're not necessarily leading, right? When you're in feminine energy, it's more on the receiving. But what you do is you can communicate other ways. You don't have to initiate conversation because like I was saying to Chris, he who speaks first is masculine. Okay. So you can still be in your feminine. You can, you know, do the eye contact thing. You can ask for help is another way. Um, You can, you know, ask, you know, advice. Um, You can you know, with your, just with your body language, you know, make, make it clear, you know, by, by standing by somebody or, you know, standing in a group, um, you know, people will, more masculine people will notice you then and probably solicit, um, you know, something from you. Does that make sense? Kiara? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, you know, it's a matter, it's it's not like you have to disappear or anything, but, um, you know, there are just certain more feminine ways to lead instead of leading, um, always with the masculine, which is what most of us have been taught how, or, you know, we're dealing with a generation of very masculine women and very feminine men. Part of it's because of feminism, which is really an economic movement and is wonderful, um, but it's not really a psychological or relational movement. And so I think there's been a lot of confusion um, as a result of that. But yeah, those are some of the ways, um, you know, and you can be quiet. It's fine to be quiet. You know, that's what makes, I mean, when when men talk about mysterious women, they mean quiet women. <laughs> so um Okay, good. I'm glad that helped. Okay. Morton, let's try this. All right. Can you hear me? I can. How can I help you, Morton? Good. So uh, I was listening to what you were were saying. Um, um, I kind of want to say that, I mean, uh, please understand that I might not be able to elaborate on this as best as I can because I kind of want to disagree with something. Um, but in reality, I just want to know stuff better. Um, 
you have spoken about a few things. It seems like um, uh, very similar to what I noticed uh, with, uh, with a lot of women uh, earlier in California, especially. And it is interesting that it is, uh, you know, possible to to notice this sort of stuff, and at the same time, it could be very unfair. Like for example, you just mentioned that men would uh, would know if they are interested in the woman like in in thirty seconds, which is, I mean, is it really true? Maybe for physical attraction, but it's also extremely hard to know if you are interested in the woman if they're a good match. Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, just physical. I just mean chemistry. For a relationship, you need chemistry, compatibility, and communication. I just mean chemistry. Uh, well, I mean that's that's also what I'm saying because women uh, are extremely individualistic. I feel like here, uh, unlike men, which are supposed to uh, follow certain uh, similar traits uh, to be familiar, in the sense uh, when women uh, get attracted to them. Another one is that it was implied that women should, for example, red flag men if they're uh, uh, avoiding something, if they're hiding something. And uh, it is kind of noticeable for me that a lot of women in California actually do this, you know, take that runaway action very fast that you're recommending here, not giving you the chance while... Um, most men are really sweet and you also want to be sweet and you get rejected so fast with all sort of judgments that do not even exist. And uh, it happens so many times that it's just uh, disappointing and, and uh, hopeless. And this is why I believe there could exist a, a lot of reasons for men to be uh, rather avoidant and hide certain things about themselves. Okay. Well, I pre- I totally appreciate that, Martin. But do you yeah. have a question? Because my time's almost up. I only do this. Can, an hour. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, I, I need to summarize this, obviously, properly. Uh, and, you know, the idea of behind that is that you don't want to uh, immediately get rejected if, if you're talking about uh, hard things. And you also don't want to get rejected because you're not wanting to talk about them, uh, but you don't have a hope for it because they're going to get rejected so fast. So, But the fact is, if you have enough time to get uh, to know each other and have that uh, half hair trust you, essentially, you could share it with us. So all of these sort of stuff are going to take time. Um, you know, like, uh, for example, many women are... Okay, okay. I'm not hearing a question, so I'm going to cut you off right now. And okay. just so, if like, you I mean, want to ask a question, come back next week, formulate a question. There's definitely a question. Uh, if you let me uh, talk about it, because I understand that you're not probably agreeing with me because that's the opposite of what you recommended, essentially saying that, hey, for example, um, you would you would be. OK, so Morton, you're not listening. <laughs> But if you have a question, you are welcome to come back and ask it next week. Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up now. You guys know where to find me, but I'll put it in one more time. And like I mentioned at the top, I'm starting the module one introduction of this work on Saturday. So if you want to sign up for that, I only have two spots left. I just want to let you know, this is the last call on that. And I probably won't be teaching it again until the end of the year or yeah, fall, winter at the earliest. So if you want to get a good introduction to this work and get your questions answered and really understand what I'm talking about a little bit more in a more focused setting, um, then sign up for that because yes, I will do modules two and three. Yes. Thank you, Wendy. Um, I, right now I'm offering the three modules. So after module one, we do module two, which is about the pain of change and navigating change um, in module three. So it's a, it's a series and we work with my books. Um, you can find more information about it on my website or also on my Instagram. Um, you can also reach out to me and ask me a question if you want. If it's a quick question, I will get back to you. If we need to set up a session, I will let you know about that as well. 
Um, in addition, you have the three books, you have the podcast. So there's a lot of ways to start inundating yourself on this work. I know for me, when I found it, I was really happy um, that I could just find it in so many sources so I could start to digest it because it was all really new to me. Um, and then, of course, it just was really exciting when I started seeing the changes in my life. And you know, I'm over 10 years in on it and I'm still having catharsis and I'm still having changes. That's kind of the beautiful thing is that it carries you through. Um, so, and if I don't hear from you guys, then I'll see you next Thursday. Thanks for coming. Bye.